welcome to The Blue Zoo, a podcast all about life at the United States Air Force Academy. If you're interested in applying to the Academy, visit www.academyadmissions.com. I'm your host, Reese, and with me on the show today, as always, is the ever-so-handsome Ryan Ray. On today's episode, we were fortunate enough to get the chance to interview Cadet First Class Cameron Lee. Cameron is a senior here at the Academy and a proud member of the Blue Class of 2020. She minored in Japanese, and this last fall, she had the unique experience of attending the Japanese Self-Defense Force Academy for the entirety of the semester. After graduation, she'll be one of the first ever officers to commission into the United States Space Force, and she'll be a space operator. There's tons of great stuff on this episode, and as you'll see, Cameron was just a joy to have on the show. So without further ado, here is Cadet First Class, Cameron Lee. Okay, yeah, so we started off in Tokyo. We had language school at Kudon Language Institute, so it was only half day. We had a lot of time to explore Tokyo, do a lot of the touristy stuff. And then after that, we went to the Japanese National Defense Academy, where we studied the Japanese language for one month before actually starting courses. And then we were just fully immersed in the Japanese life, doing all the things that they did there. Let me tell you, it was it was crazy. So we were down in Yokosuka, and we were living the, the Japanese military life. So we were cleaning, we were doing all of their sports activities, all their formations, um, it was really interesting. It was a wonderful experience. Um, yeah. So, so you speak Japanese? I would say I try very hard try. to speak Japanese, yes. <laughs> Did you speak any Japanese before you got there? So I studied Japanese only here at the Air Force Academy. Okay. I started when I was a four degree, so a freshman. And um, so I had three years pretty much of just classes. And yeah. then we have a program here at the Air Force Academy where you can go to the country that the, of the language that you're studying for cultural and language immersion. So I did that last year for five weeks also. Can you say something in Japanese? Um, sure. Uh, Ohayou gozaimasu. Watashi wa kemeron ni desu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> that means good morning. I am Cameron. It's very nice to meet you. Well, it was nice wow. to meet you too, Cameron. Very nice to meet you, Cameron. Wow. That was impressive. <laughs> um, how did you get semester abroad? So it's an application process. Uh, most of the application is in Japanese, which is oh. a challenge. <laughs> but uh, so the department of the language that you participate in is interviewing you, and they select who goes. Oh, wow. So four years experience, or, or three years leading up to this, of, yep. of Japanese speaking. Um, and, and how many people typically get selected from like each class to go semester abroad? So three per language. So we, we send cadets all over the world. We had people in Chile, Latvia, uh, Singapore, and just studying every single language. Even Morocco, we have Arabic studiers. So, yeah, and then we have about three for each program. Yeah, and this is um, the fall semester of your first year, right? Yep, yeah. And you can also go when you're a junior. People who are more advanced in the language tend to go when they're juniors. Okay. They don't want to uh, miss that first semester of their first year. Yeah. But um, honestly, it's an experience. So it's, yeah. it's definitely worth taking the time to do. Absolutely. Well, okay. So I, I want to dig more into this, this semester abroad itself. Sure. Like, a, like the kind of experiences you had, the kind of people you met. Yeah. Um, and like, 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 let's start at the top. What was your favorite memory from Semester Abroad? Oh, yeah. That one's easy. I climbed to the top of Mount Fuji. Oh, really? Yep. So it was incredible. It was it was amazing. Amazing views. It made me just want to go climb more mountains all over the world. 
Um, it took about five hours to climb to the top and then two and a half to go down. Um, man, it was incredible. And we were with a ton of other exchange cadets. So we had students from Army, Navy, Australia, and France. So we were able to create this tight-knit community of foreigners as well as meeting other Japanese students. So definitely, hands down, Mount Fuji. And if you're ever in Japan, go to climb Mount go Fuji. Go to Mount Fuji. Yes. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I think I, uh, we talked about this earlier, but I used to live in Okinawa with my well, with my family and did you really? Of, yeah, I did. Yeah, I lived oh. in Okinawa. Yeah, for, for <laughs> I don't three, remember you telling me that. Yeah, for three years. Uh, <laughs> that's, th- a big, I lived in Okinawa. that's a big time frame. Yeah, yeah. And I remember um, flying to Tokyo from Okinawa and I could see Mount Fuji out the airplane. That's like one of my earliest memories. It was so cool. I was like, whoa, what is that? I was like, that's Mount Fuji. I was like, whoa. Wow. So yeah, that's awesome that you get to climb out. That sounds like, like a really incredible experience. Yeah, did, totally iconic. Did you guys like often go hiking and, uh, and climbing or was this just like a one-time like trip? So it was like a one-time th- thing. Okay. Um, the rules were actually pretty strict there. So we were only allowed to leave like on some Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to leave like after getting our uniform checked over and all that stuff, like a formation on a Saturday. So we didn't have a ton of opportunity to travel long distances in Japan. So it was kind of a special occasion. Mm-hmm. But what did, what did you do at that other time? Like during the week, what, what were you typically typically doing? Yeah. So we studied all the time. Um, we had pretty much our days were set out for us. So we would wake up at six and then by 602, we would be sprinting outside for formation where, um, so everybody has a towel and it's like a cleansing formation. So everybody just like washes their body to start the day off right. And that's just how the Japanese do it. And, uh, and then everybody cleans for about half an hour and um, we go to breakfast, we study, we have classes, we have more formations where we march and march to class, more class, more marching, and then everybody has to exercise at the same time. Uh, there's like uh, different sports, so you would think of like sumo, judo, kendo, all those really cool Japanese uh, athletics. And then we have dinner and more formation and more studying. So um, it was pretty busy days during the weekdays, and uh, nobody really left base. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we pretty much stayed there, got to know all of the Japanese cadets, and then we went exploring on the weekends. So Talk about a full day, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that is a very full day. What time did you normally go to bed? Uh, so we have to go to bed at 1030. Lights okay. out is at 1030. Not, you can't go to bed before and you can't go to bed after. So <laughs> not 1029, not 1031. All right. <laughs> exactly 1030. <laughs> so if you just fall asleep exactly at 10 o'clock, then you can get eight hours of sleep every night. Yes, but yeah. it has to be 10.30. It has to be 10.30. Yeah, not you're 10. Not, you're not allowed to fall asleep a minute before or after. Oh. Yeah, okay. like 10.30 oh, is like, bad. you can only, and if, what happens if you don't fall asleep at 10.30? Well, you have to try harder. Yeah. <laughs> <You're doing> better, <laughs> you I guess. just lay there. <laughs> wow, that is better some strict training. rules, huh? Yeah, it made me really appreciative of the U.S. Air Force Academy. Yeah, how did yeah. it compare? Like, uh, what, what was similar and different? Yeah, so I would say um, that there's the three aspects of academy life here, right? Physical, military, and academic. Yeah. And um, we try to be excellent in all of them, right? Um, They definitely have a similar structure. They actually use uh, the United States academies, the Air Force Academy, and Army, and Navy to kind of structure their academy. But they certainly pay a lot more attention to the military side of it. Um, I would say it's a little bit less balanced. It's it's just a preference thing, really, right? No, none. Neither way is better than the other. Just different. Yeah. Um, we tend to focus more on academics, 
and it's really important here that we're good in school. Mm-hmm. Whereas there, it's more important that you know we're spending more time marching and in formation than in classes. So you take a lot less classes in Japan, um, and we do a lot less marching here in at the Air Force Academy. I would say. Okay, and like you were saying, we obviously have different academies. We have Army, Navy, and Air Force, and they just have one, right? The Japanese Self Defense Force Academy. Yep, that's right. They have all of their branches studying in the same place. Okay. It's much. It's much smaller. Okay. How many? How many cadets are Japanese cadets are there? Uh, I think around one thousand. So okay. So much smaller. I mean, we got like yeah, that's about the size of a class. Yep. Yeah. Class. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, you you obviously have a lot of experience with Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think that the culture like influences those those differences between the academies at all, or like what can you what can you say about the culture? Yeah, wow, they are, are vastly different. I can okay. say that for sure. So the Japanese, I would say, their strength is in precision, and our strength is in innovation. So, you know, the Japanese they're very disciplined. They're about you know doing everything in a very certain way, and that is great. And and we have the same sort of thing. We are disciplined as well, but we really value thinking outside the box and um, just innovating beyond what we already have, which isn't really something that the Japanese value as much. So there's like a way to do it, and that's the way we're going to do it. So I can see the value of both. Um, it certainly shows in the way that we do our military operations. It's just it's just really different. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about like what's the next best thing. We're then the Japanese are like. No, no, no. This is this is this has worked for us for a long time, mm-hmm. and this is what we're gonna do. So I would say that cultural difference um, it kind of expands into all different facets of life. So right, like there's a certain way that the Japanese cadets live their lives. We wake up at six, we fall out at six o two, we don't ask very many questions because like this is what we're expected to do. Versus at the Air Force Academy, it's like we have to do this. Well, why are we doing this? Um, is there a purpose behind this? which there is, you know, there's yeah. a purpose behind every training thing that we do. But the cadets are, are a little bit more inquisitive and, and um, they have much more uh, control over kind of the different things that they do during the day. What time do we wake up? Um, maybe we should change our schedule for the day. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe we should ask our leadership to change, you know, this aspect of cadet life. It's just a different way to look at life and it's just different outcomes. It works for each nation, I would say, but just different. Yeah, that that is kind of what it's like at the academy. It's like, you want me to wake up at six? I will, but I want to know why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We we do ask a lot of questions, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that is really interesting how the culture changes, even you know the way they run their military yeah. and just you know your scheduling all the way down to that. That's incredible. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Um, when you were when you were in Japan, did you ever feel like like uncomfortable? Uh, like obviously you were learning the language, so like you weren't as comfortable speaking as everyone else. Right. Um, did you ever feel like you were out of place or like were, were you pretty comfortable where you were? Yeah. So Japan is very homogenous in its population. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much all Japanese. I think the statistic is actually 99.8% Japanese. Whereas in America, you know, we are the melting pot. Yeah. So I fell out of place pretty much everywhere that I went, mostly because I just looked way different. Um, my hair is different. My skin tone is different. My eyes are different. I'm 
clearly not Japanese. I don't speak perfect Japanese. So, you know, I would always get those those kind of sideways glances like, hmm, what is she doing in this country? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> Konnichiwa. <Yeah. laughs> um, no, but but they were very kind about it. It's just, you know, they don't they don't see a lot of foreigners a lot of times. So they're just kind of curious, like, oh, where are you from? And oh, you speak English. Like, let me try to speak English and things like that. Um, also, I would say there, uh, the Japanese Self-Defense Forces has a lot fewer women than here at the Air Force Academy. Um, so their forces are actually at about 6% women, and they're trying to increase that. So maybe 10% females at their academy. Wow. And we have about three times that here at the Air Force Academy. So it is a little bit more welcoming, I would say, here to have a community of females. Uh, they do a good job, and they're trying to be more inclusive of females at the Japanese Defense Academy. But um, that was certainly a big difference, and you can feel that. Mm. And again, is that is that more of a cultural thing, maybe? that is it not as many women maybe apply to, the, to become, you know, a cadet there? Right, yeah. I would certainly say so. It, it's, it starts in kind of the Japanese communities and just, you know, the cultural norm of what a woman does and doesn't do. Um, it's, it's certainly different. And, and it's not, I don't think that they're excluding women necessarily. I think it's two-sided. It's what women want to do and it's where they are accepted. So um, how many women want to, you know, rise and, you know, be CEOs and things like that in Japan. It's certainly fewer than that of America, just due to okay. the tradition and the cultural norms. I, I don't think it's necessarily like discrimination. Right. Yeah. And well, I mean, that's how our academy was, of course, uh, in the early stages, too, was not a lot of women getting involved. But but that's just been going up steadily as well. I, I think we're looking at 25 percent women right now. And, and that just keeps going up every single year. Yeah, I, I actually, I think we're closer to uh, like 29%. Is that right with this last class? Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. I know that's that's go across the board for all academies as well. I know the Coast Guard Academy, I believe, is already 30%. So that's that's really interesting to see those numbers rising. Yeah. Yeah, and part of that is just kind of a society thing is like what is a warrior? And people are like, oh, their conception of warrior doesn't, tend to be females first, but I, I think that's starting to change because we have a lot of great female role models now, especially who are officers and enlisted who have done incredible things overseas and in the States. So, so we have that to look up to. We have this long blue line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how was the food? <laughs> it had to be asked. It had to be asked. <laughs> I mean, you, you laughed a lot at that. Uh, I, I mean, Tell me all about it. I'm curious. Okay, so I, I'm going to have two different answers for that. Okay. Because the food at the actual academy, I would say maybe not so good. Maybe not so okay. good. Um, <laughs> so mm, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> it was a lot of, so, you know, dining hall and a lot of, like, they would have package sort of meals, kind of, uh, I think, MREs, which is meal ready to eat. Yeah. We, we eat those. They're like packaged and they can last forever they expire in like a year um so a lot of things were very very packaged but um overall in japan in general incredible amazing like ramen there's this thing called yakiniku where you can get whatever meat you want and essentially grill it yourself at your own table and it's all unlimited meats amazing incredible it was very, very good. They, they trust you to grill it yourself? They do. They wow. do. That's, well. that's different than here, too. <laughs> but going back to those, like, MRE kind of meals, what, what is in those? 
Yeah, so pretty much most types of meat were the packaged uh, goods. So they had they always had rice at every meal. Yeah. And then like whatever protein that would come with it was packaged. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we kind of have the same thing when we're doing training. We've yep. You know, we've got our packaged meals, and that's yep. just yeah. kind of that's just something you'll see a lot in the military. Um, is the is the meals ready to eat? Certainly very convenient. It, yes, it absolutely is. Um, uh, okay, so I. I know only a little bit about uh, Japanese culture, um, uh, so I'm curious about like karaoke bars. Are those a big thing? Oh yeah. Okay, I I, th- I thought so. I thought <laughs> oh, I heard that. Nice. <laughs> oh yes. So it's it's really fun. It's nothing like karaoke in America. I was actually pretty surprised because you know people in America karaoke it's kind of kind of so so. Yeah. But first, I gotta say that pretty much every Japanese person that I met was an incredible singer. They were amazing. I don't know if it's just because since when they were little, they've been practicing going to karaoke bars and um, they mm. they compete, right? You have to like hit each note oh. and the computer actually tells you which singer did the better job at, at hitting wow. each note. So And it's competitive. It's like, you know, this is fun, but also like, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> were you any I, good? I, yeah. No, no, I, oh. was, I, was, I was terrible. I was absolutely horrible. I was embarrassed. But they always liked to hear me sing the English songs because they know the English songs and they know the English, but they don't really know how to sing it. And, and they, they yeah. listen to it all yeah. the time. So they thought that was absolutely fascinating. That's funny. It's like I'm an objectively better singer than you are <laughs> by this computer. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of tough because I, I, I lost. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. It's like that's it's, to, it's just totally different than than a karaoke bar that I would think of here. So that's really cool. Yeah, but it's it's nice. You get your own little private room and this huge screen, and uh, they they even have like little percussion instruments in there. So if you're not singing, you can like play the what is it a tambourine? The tambourine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sing along little maracas and stuff like that. So and they have ice cream there too. So you know it's it's like a win win. Can wow. sing and have ice cream. I'm jealous. I don't know why we don't have that I'd, here. Yeah, that'd yeah. be really cool. We need one here on base. <laughs> we do. Um, anything else that's like bizarrely different uh, or places that you would go? Yeah, um, bizarrely different. I think one that stands out is just fashion. Uh, they tend to dress up a lot more. They tend to dress differently. I'm, I'm sure. I don't know if you guys are familiar. They have you know all those pictures that go viral of the Harajuku fashion. So, um, and especially for Halloween, right? They, they go crazy for Halloween. Really? Um, yeah, so they don't necessarily trick-or-treat like we do, but like in uh, Shibuya, they have a big gathering and people come from all over and they really go hard uh, just dressing up really fun, crazy. Wow, I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> crazy costumes, that'd be fun. Yeah, it was a little scary. Some people like went, you know, they were a little scary. <laughs> Cameron, my, my last question for you is, how do you plan to use uh, your experience in the Air Force? Because you're graduating very, very soon. Yeah. Are you, are you going to continue uh, learning Japanese? Yeah, so I am going to continue studying Japanese. We have several programs here, so after you graduate, you can continue to study whatever language it is. Um, it's called LEAP, uh, Language Enabled Airmen Program. So actually, as part of your assignment, they send you to a country just to learn a language, and that, that's your job. So I'm hoping to apply for that and continue in that way. Um, you can become a FAO or a foreign area officer, 
where you are a regional expert of whatever country you study and you, you know, you advise on strategy and you kind of work as a liaison between the two countries. And that is something that I would be looking forward to do. But I have one more semester here as a cadet. So um, what I would try to do with my experiences from Japan is, A, I want to teach everybody that they should continue with whatever language they're studying and they should apply for every language and cultural immersion opportunity that they have. Because here at the academy, we have tons of opportunities for travel and just learning and becoming a better and more informed citizen of the world. And I think that all the cadets should take every opportunity that they have. And then um, just trying to better understand where we can bridge the gaps of what the Japanese Defense Academy did well and what the Air Force Academy does well, and maybe try and put some of those ideas together, right? Like, how can we be more precise and more disciplined? Um, and, and I did try to bring those things to the National Defense Academy is like, how can we maybe think outside the box a little bit? So just trying to merge those two worlds a little bit. Well, thank you so much, Cameron. That that was really awesome insight. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. No, you're a natural, honestly. You just like... <laughs> You just run with the with the information, and you've obviously had a really awesome experience. So it was yeah, great. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. Guess we're gonna wrap it up for today. If you liked it, stay tuned for more episodes, and be sure to check out ninety seven seven The Academy, the official radio station of your United States Air Force Academy, to get daily news, updates, sports, and the best alternative music, one hundred percent commercial free. We're just two cadets living life at a different altitude.